do you find it an advantage of living in one borough or having a business in another borough? I think that there's value in that um, it gives us a frame of reference of different things that can be happening in the other community, right? 100%. I find it as a so, huge So, for example... So, in light of Man, the recent election and thinking in, in conversations about the different um, politicians who will be coming into office here in New York City, you know, there's this expression: "All politics are local." Yeah. Well, and thinking about how all politics are local got us to thinking about our businesses, and they in today's environment. Businesses aren't necessar don't necessarily have to be limited to where you are locally. We are blessed that we have the opportunity to do business in and around the neighborhoods where we grew up. The Bronx and Brooklyn. That's that. Um, and so today I want you to think about work locally but think globally and talk about the blessings we've had and the things that we've learned in doing business in our respective hotels. Okay, so work locally, think globally. That's it. Or work locally and be global. Okay, that's works for you. Because I don't need to think it, we need to do it. Okay. Okay, Y'all just put an asterisk where he said we don't need to think globally, we need to be global. You need to do it. You could think, what is thinking? What did, what did my man, shout out to my man Max De La Cruz, on, he, when I was on his podcast the, the other week, and he was talking about what's the difference between Damn it. Sorry, Max. I can't remember. But it was something, the difference between, he was like, between procrastinating and something else. I blew it. But at the end of the day, thinking is a form of, it, it wasn't procrastinating. He was like, what is the difference between thinking or like planning something? And, and I was like, hey, listen, far as I'm concerned, they're both procrastinating. You, and I'm not saying you shouldn't think about stuff and like do it or plan, but the more you keep thinking and thinking and thinking, it's just another form of procrastination. Okay, like, so let's not procrastinate. Let's jump into this episode. I'm not procrastinating. I'm, go ahead. So be local. In many instances, when people think about the Bronx and Brooklyn, there may be ne a lot of negative connotations, right? And even sometimes it we used have to, to be. we have to check. Well, Brooklyn our, got all fancy. I mean, still like people still getting shot in Brooklyn. I know they still getting shot in a lot of places. People still get shot in the, the um, was it Upper West Side or Upper East Side and fans in there. People still get they shot. They don't talk about it as much though, right? But it's just the 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 uh, percentages are different. But we have to think. We have to be able to couch our negative perceptions because even in preparing for today's episode, the team was like, "What is like living and working in the outer boroughs?" And just for the record, I detest that expression the outer boroughs because it's that five gives boroughs. you the, what is the outer that borough gives mean? you the impression that Manhattan which is not referred to as an outer borough is the inner borough and if you look at a map geographically Manhattan's on the side all by itself the Bronx is on the side all by itself Brooklyn and Queens they kind of jumbled together and Staten Island well they really should be Jersey um that was foul bro but whatever but you know they think that they're in Jersey most of the time anyway I don't know it's a whole different, it's a whole much. new world out there. I don't know there. much about that. So now. talk to the people in Commerce Chill Land about growing up in Brooklyn. Um, Growing up in Brooklyn, like, I don't, is, I don't know what to say. Like, I love Brooklyn. Born and raised there. 
will always have some connection to it. I still live there now. Um, have business there. Have multiple businesses there. Um, yeah. Like, I love Brooklyn. The diversity. Um, it's getting kind of fancy now. Um, which is a good thing and it's a bad thing. But listen, it, it's so much to do. It's a huge borough, which is one thing I like. So people are not all on top of each other. If Brooklyn were a city... By yeah, itself, it'd it. be the fourth largest city in this country. Right. So that that's gangster. Shout out to Brooklyn. Bed-Stuy. Um, other parts of Brooklyn, too. But, you know, Williamsburg for Espinosa here. Show them some love. Um, yeah, you know, I like it because one thing, because, you know, the diversity. It's And it's always been like that. But there's been this big, you know, Brooklyn has been in the spotlight for like, I don't know, the past, let's say like 10, 15 years where people were, you know, moving from the city. Like it became this cool thing to do with some of the people. When you say the city, you mean Manhattan. From Manhattan, right. Because for people who aren't from New York, we are the city. The five boroughs are the city. city. is five boroughs. Each borough is its own county, but the five counties together make up one city. And let's be clear Brooklyn is the county of kings. Make no doubt about it. They named it right from the giddy up. The borough of Kings. Kings. No, it's Kings County. It's Kings County, but it's the borough of Kings. I'm officially renaming it now okay. on the Commerce and Chill podcast. Okay. Because I'm all about the borough of Kings. Um, But yeah, and there's some Queens there too, even though that's another But story. Queens have their own borough. Yeah, no. This is, there's a borough called Queens and it's Queens County. Yeah, Queens County, but Kings. Um, Yeah, but you know, Brooklyn has changed a lot from... When we were younger, um, and I'm sure you could relate to the same in the Bronx, they were giving real estate away. Like, you could get a house for a dollar. There were a lot of vacant lots. One of my neighbors, we called him the king of vacant lots. He started buying vacant lots in Brooklyn long time ago when people were just like, these things were dirt cheap. And you had to spend more time and energy trying to keep them clean because people kept dumping stuff on it, whatever. Um Kids playing on it. Shout out to all my friends. Um, yeah, it, it's it's changed a lot, but you know I've watched it grow and change over time. It's been sad in some aspects because obviously you know inflation, um, prices go up in real estate. Um, but that's not the challenge. The challenge is that people say, who have been there for a long time. I was going to say it's a challenge for some people are trying to get their money who got priced out. But at the same time, it's it's a, it's a huge plus for the people who were there, paid their dues, dealt with the neighborhood when like things were rough, and they brought a brownstone for like a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, and or now, even less, even less, some of them. And now they're you know retiring or you know going to another phase in their life, and they're like, yo, you know, I just sold my house for like one point five, and they're like. I paid whatever. Like, hopefully, you know, they talked to a tax professional and they did something because capital gains is a, they did something about that. But, um, or, you know, they, they did a rollover, you know, 1031 exchange or what have you. Um, but yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you've seen similar things with the Bronx because I, back in the day, always, oh, I would, he, we would hear when we were younger because it was kind of territorial when we were younger like you really didn't like go to didn't other, leave you didn't go to other boroughs like okay, i went to school to in harlem borough. even though i lived in brooklyn so it, at times it was kind of dicey riding the train see local shout out the a train 
like you know there was the decepticons and all that back then so it was like yo you like it was a little shaky but i'm sure you've heard and experienced quite a bit because there was the saying and the people still say it like the bronx was burning the bronx was burning the bronx was on fire because landlords did not want to continue to pay taxes on the buildings um because there was such urban blight urban decay here in the bronx and you heard me say this before the bronx is the poorest bronx county represents the poorest congressional district in the entire united states of america that's crazy um and so over the course of decades starting back in the 1960s we started to see people leaving the borough so the number of residents decreased the number of resources decreased and then in the 70s new york city as a whole had an economic oh, it was, it was a, it, 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 the, that was back when like Koch was running and and was a Koch and Koch watch catching Cuomo. Cuomo I just like combined yeah the two so of them. so Mario Cuomo Andrew the current current governor's father had run for mayor back in the 70s because this, the Koch. city and the was, city was in like was total bankrupt. disrespect um but it, particularly in the Bronx many landlords were set their buildings on insurance. fire so that they could get the insurance money they wouldn't have to pay the taxes Red Star, the same and thing. um and so that was memorable because the Bronx is also home to Yankee Stadium where the world champion New York Yankees play and had to add the world champion i mean the yankees have won baseball championships more than any other franchise yeah what are they doing now to rebuild it they no they're doing better oh i don't know i just asked they are doing better i mean i think out the gate this season is not that great and actually yankee stadium is right down the street from here we can stick our heads out the window and see the stadium four five blocks away six blocks but back in the six in the 70s um there were shots during the world series where the Goodyear blimp was flying around Yankee stadium and it was panning and taking photographs of the community and surrounding smoke you. Coming out of and buildings. you could see smoke billowing up from buildings here in the Bronx because the, the Bronx was burning. Um, but luckily I've seen a transition. Um, my, uh, you may or may not know my father served the New York state assembly. And while he was in assembly, he helped bring more money into the community that developers use to rebuild some of the plots of the bur- bu- buildings that were burnt down. No, that was, was before the big. What was it that he helped? He he was one B- of the founding directors of the big. The big the stands big, for right. Business Initiative Corporation of New York, for which I serve as the board secretary. Look at um, you, um, following in Daddy's footsteps. Oh, you, I don't know if I could do that. Those are pretty big footsteps. Um, but when he was in this state assembly in the seventies. He brought funding to like the Charlotte Street area. And so there's a lot of revitalization. Um, and then he went on to work for the New York State uh, Urban Development Corporation, um, which helped to, which is the economic development arm of the governor's office. So, um, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but there's still so much more that needs to be done. So what do you, speaking of what needs to be done, being that we we have a we have a buy we have buy borough businesses is that correct right. yeah, two boroughs wait before but before i say this cuz you went on a little bit about what's going on in brooklyn one of the some there's so many things that i love about the bronx that people don't talk about enough first and foremost it is the birthplace of hip hop by real so estate in the bronx literally i came me, out of the womb listening to hip hop down the block i remember the first record that i ever got um was Rapper's Delight. And I remember coming With out of- the it. blue cover. Yeah, so it's it looked Sugar like Hill. A, it looked, it looked like, like a candy cane candy thing. Roller, yeah. um, and then I remember going to Epworth uh, Summer Day Camp yeah, and coming old. out 
and listening to like the message. So like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, they're from the Bronx. And so, so much of hip hop culture is based in, born out of and, and located here in the Bronx. And soon to come will be the Universal Hip Hop Museum, which will be located to blocks from where we're sitting right now um so as a hip-hop head as a lover of all things hip-hop um to to be from the yeah. birthplace of hip-hop it makes me want She's to stay here stay tied to the community and to help tell the story uh because people don't always understand it wasn't like oh things are all gravy let's go make a record it was like oh no things are real tell a story up. about <laughs> what's going on like you listen to um the message the message like don't push me because i'm close to dead right and dudes like junkies everywhere right people pissing glass everywhere right people pissing (laughs) in the station like they just don't care like people pissed in the train station on the right like the train station was a bathroom back in the day like like, i'm just saying like it it was real that's a reality it it was just like it was like getting in the elevators in the pjs like you, you did not touch the walls and you stood near a corner, like, because you, you put your back against a wall. That was a rule. So when the door opened, your all eyes was on who's coming through the door. But that's another episode. It also takes so, me back to Boogie Down Productions, um, Karis One, and Z-Nice, um, and, and, and Miss Melody and Scott Rock, and thinking of some of their music and having recently watched the, the just, Nas uh, just documentary. Just listen to the lyrics. Like and, the, and Nas talked about how being from Queensbridge helped, helped give him like a solid foundation and he felt, you know, something that he felt like fighting for something he felt like he was a part of. He came from this community. And when, um, MC Shan came out with the bridge, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, this is about our neighborhood and somebody cares, but I'm thinking about from my perspective, right? Because the heat there in Queens and Queensbridge houses talking about the bridge. And I was just like, "Mm," because up here we heard the bridge is over. So it was community against community, but it was kind of in jest. And it's like, okay, um, so the bridge is over. Somebody from my neighborhood is telling somebody with their neighborhood, like, you can keep that way. That is. And the line that stands out for me in that song is Manhattan keeps on making it. Brooklyn keeps on taking it. Bronx keeps creating it. And Queens keeps on faking it. So even in my 40s, I'm... That's how I that's how I move through life when I think of New York City. Bronx keeps creating it. So that makes me want to be here. And then they subsequently came out with South Bronx. And it's yeah, like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like that's like that put the flag down. I got like, nothing else to say when you say Brooklyn keep on taking it. I got nothing else to say. Well, I mean, you can you can interpret what that means for you. Hey, listen. Just for me, when I hear Bronx keeps creating Cause, it. Because back in the day, y'all knew not to come across the bridge into the Bronx and then the Brooklyn. Cause we were we well, there's no one bridge you can take from the Bronx yep. to get directly to Brooklyn. Wherever, yep. people don't come. You to gotta Bro- go. Through don't come Queens. to Brooklyn you back go in the day. Manhattan. You can't because you would have Bronx to run to your. You would have to run your stuff. If you came to Brooklyn and you wasn't from Brooklyn back in the day, that's why I was like Brooklyn keep on taking because you had to run your. If you came into Brooklyn, yes, plain and simple. Now we make people run their now in a different type of way. In we a, in help a bus- you run your business in a business type of way because yep. we we building stuff. Y'all, I don't, you know. I give some props to the Bronx because I, I, my businesses are by borough. We're in the Bronx and we're in Brooklyn. So speaking about business in the Bronx, yes. what do you what do you see are some of the 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 challenges of you know building and running your business in the Bronx right now? So I say the the challenge is that people are sleeping on the Bronx, which means that there's opportunity. Or you know the hardest part. But, so I mean, you know. it means it's just it's, it's opportunity that that. 
the Bronx has been overlooked for so long that it doesn't get necessarily get the economics. The economic development. No, 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 I want all the real estate for myself. Um, there hasn't been as much economic development. Um, we don't have as many major corporations who come here. But you have to make a compelling case for why business should want to do business here, why people should want to invest, why organizations should provide resources for the community. And I think the work that we do helps to tell the story that makes people want to come and get involved. When they see, you know, the product of the Bronx that's giving back, doing something positive, making a financial impact, then it's like, oh, maybe it's not such a bad place after all. Right. So JSB is in the Bronx. Soapbox in Brooklyn. We what live, are some of the challenges of, of we, being we live in, in Brooklyn Bro- slash Bed-Stuy's more specifically? We, we live in Brooklyn, right? I'm not ignoring your question, but I just thought about it when you were talking. What do you, what do you see? Do you see there's like living in one borough and then having a business in the other borough, so you're constantly going back and forwards? You know, how do you see that as you know an, an advantage? I think that there you have social... Or what challenge? Maybe. You have social capital when you pay taxes, right? Because, and, and remember this, if you're a business owner, um, if you're a homeowner, by virtue of paying your taxes, you are making an investment in that place. And so the elected officials, they're in essence working for you. Hold them yeah. accountable yeah, don't get me so you can again. get a return on your tax I dollar investment. people forget that. Like your tax dollars pays their salary and their I I do believe when you look it up, their job titles or something says something public, like I don't know what the exact verbiage is, but when you look up the descriptions of their job, they're they're they serve they serve the pub the public. Right. And they get paid based on our tax dollars. And I think it's like people have I don't know, have gotten too comfortable or we've kind of lost our way like if you kind of start reading back and doing history looking at politics in its early forms like those local politicians it was the business owners and farm and land owners that were the politicians making and they were doing things well some of us a little crooked but but they were doing things in the best interest of business and the people and and those people in that area right and i think we've really gotten away from it and i and I, i truly believe People have have gotten so, I guess, bombarded with, you know, information or just the rhetoric. And they're not holding people accountable. Like, let's be clear. Some of the things, and don't get me wrong, there's some great politicians out there. But I'm willing to bet most of the politicians who are doing a great job, Mm -hmm. you really don't hear much about. Because they've got their head down and they're getting stuff done. You know, you they might not doing all these press conferences, right? Like, are hey, you doing press I would conferences? Love for when are you writing to, legislation? I would love for somebody to run the data for you. Like, every time a politician is in the news, like their their self appointed news right. um, show up, versus someone who's not in the news and have some kind of some ma- metrics on every, those who are in the news a lot, how much they've done versus those who are not in the news versus what they've done. You know, I think I, people. I think we've we've lost because let's be clear: if some of the, the st- people have lost, right? As as a group, and I'm talking about all people, I'll, all colors, all language, etc. If some of the things politicians do and did not do happened in a business, or happened at your job, or happened in your home, you wouldn't. You wouldn't first of all, that. you wouldn't tolerate it in your not home at all. At all. Like if not one, at all. one of your kids or one of your relatives would get thrown out, or they get a spanking. Right. And if it was in your place of work, 
someone would get fired, they would not have that job anymore. Right. So I just don't understand how it almost seems like it's a level of entitlement. Like right. I'm just going to do what's best for me and this group, immediate group of people. Like I just, and especially at some of the watch parties, like I would just see the group of people around him when they're at the stage and on the mic. And I'm just like, Hmm. I'll say this. We have power. We have power as, as the electorate. We have power as taxpayers. And there's value in even just saying to someone or writing a letter and say, I'm one of your constituents. I live in your district. I own a business in your district. There's a, the, a greater level of accountability when you put like it in context. You're paying a lot of taxes. Like, even if you, of, even if no, you didn't I'm pay saying, a lot of taxes. I'm just saying, you, like, you, you are. If you think about it, like you've got a business in, in one borough or, or in the same borough, and then you live there. So, like, it's you're getting taxed on the business side. You're getting taxed on the per, personal side. And let's not even talk about taxes because I, I do not understand That's a whole that. other story. But when we when we think about I doing business tax, in the Bronx and doing business like, in Brooklyn, then our time is divided. Our attentions are divided. And they're basically two separate communities that we serve. And so we have to be mindful of that because we don't just want to use and when I say use I don't mean that we're doing negative things in the community we don't want to use up the resources you know just get people and not give back but then we got to do that times two and so whatever time we spend in the Bronx we have, we have employees it's in times, the Bronx it's times four really <laughs> twice on the personal side and then twice on the business side in two different boroughs this is true but this is do, true. do you find it an advantage of living in one borough or having a business in another borough I think that there's value in that um, it gives us a frame of reference of different things that can be happening in the other community, right? 100%. I find it as a so, huge So, for example, uh, here in the Bronx, Ruben Diaz Jr. is the current borough president. So that's the highest executive office for the county here in the Bronx. And I've known and worked with Ruben for years. We went to the same elementary school, not necessarily the same class, but... We are contemporaries and he loves the Bronx. He's about the Bronx and has done really great work in his time as borough president. Then so to watch Eric Adams, who came into office after uh, Ruben and um, kind of leaned on Ruben to, to learn about yeah, the I, office. I noticed he was at his um, watch party last night. Yeah. To learn about the office of borough president and to say, oh, well, Ruben was able to do this, that and the other. Now, granted, it's two different counties like well, Eric Adams could do this, that, or the other. Right. You know, is he really taking full advantage of the office? Or, uh, you know, I'm able to work with Business Initiative Corporation, which is basically um, works out of the borough president's office here in the Bronx. What's happening out of the borough president's office in Brooklyn that we can tap into? And, and so it gives us a, a, a frame of reference that we can have engaging conversations and put forth ideas on how the elected officials can do things because sometimes they just don't know. Like it's different in the city council where Why they're don't always they ask more because they're too busy. I'm just throwing that out there. And they don't they they don't know what they don't know. But so like you, they like, they they they, they, ask, like, they don't typically deal with the business owners. They deal with business, the like, with the high price boosters. If, if they a, they if deal with the people that are asking for stuff. If I was a local politician, you know what the first thing I would do after I won? I would have like a party. No. See, that's what I wouldn't do. I would not have a party. Because when you when you come, first of all, you can ask the team here. They know, like, I we, we I have people packed in a room somewhere and be like, we need to figure, we need to figure this out. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. First of all, I would have a, so many town halls. 
for people to come and I would figure out a way to compile data, all this technology we have, like compile data, what, what, it, what it needs, you know, what's the challenges, what do you need, how can we improve something, and, and start, some, like start small and just start checking stuff off the list. And then look at whatever seat you're in as, as, as a politician. What executive powers do I have? That was the first thing I look at. I'd be like, what could I do that I don't have to go through a lot of red tape, I don't have to get all these votes and stuff and be like, what can I do with my executive powers that can make an immediate impact on communities? And then have these town hall meetings, listen to people, and I'd be like, okay, talk to my team and be like, listen, these are the executive powers we have. We can do these 15, 30 things or whatever they are with minimal red tape. And we heard 10 of them at these town halls. How do we knock them out really fast to get this done for the people? Because this is clear. Like, I would just crush that. Well, this is what I want to do for the people because we're, we're running short on time today. What I want to say is that um, for you, where you are, start where you're planted. What we often see, especially when people make a lot of money, black and brown people make a lot of money, they often will leave the communities where they started, what they call a brain drain. That doesn't have to be the case. You can be successful and stay planted where you are. Why are they leaving? But that's another conversation. Because I hear people getting smacked all the time. You forget where you come from. Don't forget where I'm you came from. Sometimes don't you forget where you come from. Sometimes people working hard so they don't end up falling back on what they built to get out of. So the, but that's another discussion. But go ahead, finish your thought. So you can start where you're planted and be successful. You can leverage the culture, the vibe of where you are. Well, if the soil is no good, but you plant where you are. You reap what you sow. I'm just putting it out there. But go ahead. You finish. But if it's start your, with if what it's you got. your soil, start with, it's your soil. Start with what you got. It's your soil. Sometimes it's not your soil. You get what you're given. Like, you don't pick and choose sometimes the environment. You, we you don't get lemons, you make lemonade. I'm not, or lemon meringue. We don't, get, we don't get to pick and choose or the environments ices, that we're born ices. into. But we have the choice to create something out of that environment. But go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, start where you're planted. Tap into your community, tap into the culture, tap into the vibe. And if it fits your business, incorporate it into your business and build from there. Then work with the local elected officials and hold them accountable in your success. Make sure that you're asking them for what you need. Hold them in. accountable in your success. I yes. like that. Go ahead. Yeah, look. We need to put that on your IG. We're, we're job creators. So if somebody trying to not take my call, like, okay, do you want me to take my 150 plus jobs to Brooklyn? I'm trying to. I could do that. I'm trying to. You want me to take I'm my 150 to, plus jobs to Jersey? Because I could to, do that too. I'm trying to triple that. Mm -mm. All right. And so make them accountable in your success. Go on and then triplet, find other local businesses, other local entrepreneurs um, to include in your business ecosystem. So, you know, here we we patronize our local bodega owner, our local restaurateurs, our local postnet. Shout out to Calvin and everybody at all three of his postnets. So <laughs> saw you on Undercover Boss. Um, <laughs> Yo, you say shout out to Calvin. You know the first thing I think of McDonald's. The Dave Calvin, Chappelle. The Calvin Dave Chappelle got his episode. Own McDonald's. <laughs> hey. Isn't that Calvin? I haven't seen him for a while. So we want you to bring it on to the next episode of Commerce and Chill. Bring your friends. Make sure you subscribe. Hit us up in the DM in the comment, comments. Uh, if you couldn't catch the whole episode on BronxNet, 
Go to YouTube. You might have some extra. Subscribe. Extra Hit us up. We appreciate the there. support. And we really do appreciate you. And check out the comments. We want to thank all the latest followers who just started following us and hitting us up. Shout out to all of you. Greatly appreciate it. We, we highlighted you all down in the comments. We greatly appreciate the love and the support. And as always, appreciate my man, Christopher. He's always supporting us on IG, LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. On Twitter. On Twitter. Yo, he you is are number one fan, Christopher one, Leon Johnson. He is the Shout man, out. Christopher Johnson, no relation, but we love you. Appreciate all the support. Keep smiling and keep being happy. Thank you, everyone. All right, we got to go back to work. See you soon. All right, bye. Thank <laughs> you.